Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Would you open your home to a stranger, to a child with possibly a troubled past? We all know how complex and demanding our own children can be, how patient we need to be in order to understand where they're coming from. But what does it take to open your doors to a child whose background is more or less unknown, whose thoughts and feelings could be a complete mystery to you? Luke and Samantha Gillett have two teenage children of their own, but they decided they had more to give and they became foster carers. Luke and Samantha are with me now in the studio. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. Good, thanks. Good, thank you. So why did you decide to become foster carers? Did one of you have the idea first? Yes, Luke did, and I'll let him speak. (laughs) I guess we'd reached a stage in our lives where our children were teenagers and becoming a little bit more independent and felt we were getting a little bit more time back. Also felt that we'd been lucky to have a good upbringing, had good guidance in our in our lives, and wanted to be able to give a little bit back. And so rather than doing sort of just donating money to charity, we wanted to get a bit more hands-on, and we're better to start than with children who, I guess, don't have the opportunities that we had. So your what was the first step then? You obviously you chatted about it. What was that conversation like, Sam? Because it, it is a it's a wonderful thing to want to do, um, but of course you are parents. You know what it's like when you have your own children, um, and the understanding that being a foster carer meant that you you're opening your arms to children who haven't you don't know effectively and have have probably come from quite um, troubling backgrounds yeah. for them. What was the first conversation like, Sam? Oh, it was, uh, I was nervous, definitely, and, and worried. But we just feel that um, if we were able to do it, um, and there is a process that gives you that opportunity to find out if you're the right people to do it, why not? We, we had everything. It is scary, though, to, to take on a child that you don't know their background, you don't know their behaviour. But um, I don't know, I think us as a team felt that we could tackle anything that came through our doors. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about that process? That's really interesting because I'm sure there are people listening who um, are hearing what you're saying going, yeah, what a great idea, but am, mm. am I the right person? Could mm. I handle it? And so there's a process you go through and you went through this with the Benevolent Society. Is that yes. right, Luke? Yeah, so right. can you tell me, you call them, you tell them you're interested, what happens then? Mm. The, the process is actually amazing. I, I was really impressed. And it goes from just floating the idea and saying, hey, let's find out a bit more about it, to then having a conversation just by calling up the, the Benevolent Society. Uh, then you go to, I think it was an information day to find out more. But then you go through a completely rigorous process to make sure that you can actually be good foster carers because the last thing they want is for you to to get involved uh, with a child and then all of a sudden not get involved now through that process and it took i think it was close to a year to work through so you've got plenty of time to work out whether it is right for you or not and the whole process lets you understand more about yourself understands more about your own family understand whether it's going to be a positive influence on you uh, understand what sort of support network you've got and even you learn how to be a better parent to your own children mm-hmm. as well. So 
I guess if anybody's thinking about it, it's it's okay to just go and start investigating it because you've got plenty of time to to back away and decide it's not right for you through the whole education process. Did you have any assumptions before you went in? Because I'm imagining myself in that situation and I'm wondering what assumptions I might bring to the table when it comes to fostering children. And one that I think I would find very difficult to get rid of is the need to heal a child because it's Mm. so hard to see a child in pain, um, whether it's your child or someone else's. And I imagine that that's an assumption that may not be applicable to your role as a foster carer because you're... I mean, could you talk a bit about that, Sam? Because I'm imagining it's not quite what I'm thinking in my head. Yeah, I think um, I think you do have to not feel like you're going to solve and heal every child that comes through your door. Um, I think you just have to play it simple. And um, our philosophy is just to create good memories. And if it is a repetitive, if, if it is an ongoing uh, relationship, um, to just continue and, and repeat those good, good uh, memories, um, love and support, um, fun, laughter. Um, we have a lot of laughter in our house, and that's basically it. Just to keep them safe and know that they're, you know, that they're welcome. Um, and trying to to fix their problems, and a lot of the times we don't actually know the details um, of where they're coming from and and their situation. Sometimes I'd love to know more, but um, it's a need by no basis, and we just have to to just take this child in and just make them feel welcome. I have lots of questions that I want to ask you, but let's talk about the practicalities as well. What kind of foster care do you guys offer? Um, age yep. of children, how often do they stay? What what yep. what situation are you guys in? So we provide respite care, and there's two forms of respite care. One is emergency respite, and the other is regular respite. So we started out with regular respite, which is effectively taking on a child uh, once a weekend, once a month, maybe once a fortnight. And the benefit of that is to the child and to the other family because it gives the, the family a bit of a break because sometimes it can be challenging for them. And also for the child, they get to see what a different family unit looks like. So that's great and probably was our initial interest because we thought that you get a long-term ability to gradually guide and influence and that would have a bigger impact on their life. But since then, we've had a couple of emergency respite uh, care. and emergency respite is where there's a situation where maybe a placement's broken down and they need somebody to look after a child for a short amount of time. So our first child was for like three weeks, for example, and then we've had another one for for one week. And that, in fact, has been incredibly rewarding because you get to see the different personalities. You get to just give them, I guess, a variety and, and stability. And, and now the, the child that we saw for second respite, we will see her more often because... She's looked after in full-time respite um, with her siblings and sometimes maybe one of the the foster carers goes away for work and so to help them out, she can come and stay with us for a week. So that's that's what we do and I think it's important because you don't have to consider foster care as as like a commitment that will take over your life. You know, it's like dipping your, your, your toe in the water, you're still making a difference and then getting to make a difference and be a part of a, a child's life and work out if it is for you and how much you can cope with time-wise. And also the, yeah. the Benevolent Society has given us, uh, you know, will send us an email, will give us the information, you know, maybe a, um, a, a week before, so we have got time to just chat about it. 
a look at our schedule, you know, my calendar, our work, and say, yes, this is possible. There's no point saying yes to it. We have not said no yet, but we haven't been asked, um, you know, uh, often. And to, to say, yes, we can do it, and then uh, get prepared for it, and then and then they come. So it's not sort of what I thought was, you know, uh, hours, like, you know, phone call, emergency, and then it's, it's you know, it can cause anxiety and, and tension and stress, but it's it, they do give you time. And you. and they also give you the opportunity to say, sorry, we can't do it. We, we never feel pressured. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, one more important point, which I think you touched on in that question, is the, the placement. So they consider the age of our children and, like, the safety of your own children is obviously the most important. So the age of your children, the, the sex of your children, what you're comfortable with, um, they they look at the, the history of the child to work out is there behaviours that, that may be of a concern and, and give you a bit of a heads up if there's anything there that might concern you. So so they, they're they not going to throw you in the deep end with somebody that you, you can't cope with. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Luke and Samantha Gillett. They're both uh, foster carers. Their family is a foster care family with the Benevolent Society's Fostering Young Lives program. We've just been talking about what it means to open your doors, why Samantha and Luke decided to do this and the ways you can do it. It seems um, quite a straightforward process, although giving parents time to work out how they feel about it and be comfortable with the situation before they, I guess, commit to being one of these families. Um, You just mentioned there that it's definitely considered um, before they place a child with you, your own children. How are your kids with this fostering arrangement? And did you talk to them before you decided to do it? We definitely discussed it with them. Um, And they they were really open to it. We have a 14-year-old and um, a 16-year-old, and the 14-year-old loves being a younger sister to the to the ones that come through. Um, she, sorry, the big sister, because she's not one, and she loves just yeah showing them around and you know having someone to play with. It's like having a long play date with with some of these um, kids. And um, the older one, she's uh, 16. She she's very accepting, and they. I think some of the girls look up to her. They, uh, uh, they're in awe of her, and um, and yeah. So it, it's been positive. Yeah. Yeah, and just to add to that, I think it helps you plan family activities. Like we we found, we play more board games and do things more together as a family when we have a foster child. You did mention us. that it helped you to be better parents yourselves. In what respect? I mean, you've, you've mentioned that um, more structured time together perhaps but have there been other ways you've seen it influence the way you parent your own children i think part of the training is to address to to look at the behavior and try and understand what's behind the behavior and and not look at it as like the child's fault and so i think through that training you you start to think about well uh, why is my daughter or, or son acting in this way or doing this so you can Dare actually I say you've got teenage girls so yeah. that's probably very helpful being having been a teenage girl myself yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> why is my daughter getting on the chat groups and talking to strangers yeah. why is she shutting the door and writing furiously in her diary exactly. and can i look at what she wrote no so, so things like that definitely and also i think it helps the kids because they see other children come in who are who are less fortunate maybe don't 
have a computer or, yeah, or have a phone. Exactly. And, and so they, they start to appreciate what they got and appreciate the fact they've got a loving family. So I yeah. think it's helped all of us. That's yeah. so true. Have there been difficult aspects? I think, Sam, you, you touched on it to begin with, that you were a little bit nervous. Yeah. Um, and, of course, accepting that children don't need respite care unless um, things aren't so great for them at home. What has been the most difficult aspect of fostering for you? For me is when they leave is to just know if they're okay and um, they do pop into my head often and I do think how you know how's she going and uh, wonder what she's up to or so that that's probably what it is um, and something as simple as which is so me is what what do they like to eat <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know I, I, I want to feed them and nurture them and make them you know comfortable and that's yeah that's always something I ask but um yeah that that's the that's the thing is the worrying thing is is what you know what their future holds how about you Luke what do you think is the most challenging part of fostering first up you might think that it'd be about about time but I think because of the fact we do respite time's not such an issue and we sort of plan for that and, and allow for that it is probably the 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 saying goodbyes you know but whatever charitable work you get into it it sort of pulls at your heartstrings and you just got to remind yourself that you're making it you can't save the world but you're making that small difference and so yeah you just got to keep keep going back to that but it's it's not easy but it's certainly leaves a a warm place in our heart each time Yeah. yeah i think that's a really great spot to end on thank you both for coming in and chatting with us you're welcome yes thank you you're welcome that was Luke and Samantha Gillett. For more information on foster care with the Benevolent Society, head to the Kindling Conversation section of our website. That's at kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.